Good morning. Um, you guys bring the spots down for me a little bit. Um, I don't, you, you don't probably experience this very often, but sometimes those lights when you're wearing a coat, you got a shirt, you got an undershirt on, it, it will make sure the sermon's shorter because you start to, like, like a boiled egg, you start going, oh. Um, and then I go in there and I, I have to take my coat off and it doesn't look good. Um, so uh, we are in the second week of a topical series. Now, I told you last week, and I'm sure you already recognize this, usually here at Community, we do what, um, what homiletics would call, uh, preaching people would call um, Lectio Continua, where we just kind of take a book and we, of Scripture and we work through it. But on occasion, especially around particular topics, it's good to, to single something out. And last week we talked about what if... The church of, so all of God's people, the bride of Christ, the, the church in the United States, or maybe even Western civilization, what if each Christian decided to trust God even with their money and to take God's idea that he wants from us to the ministry of God's people, whether it be a local church or other nonprofits, what if, we, what if all Christians gave one dime off of every dollar? What could be accomplished in the world? And we gave you some statistics, like the average person, in, average Christian who attends church, uh, what they give on average, according to their income, is about 2.5%. And then we talked about how, how even with that 2.5%, how big of a deal. So the average Christian in their local church gives $17 a week. Okay. But even with that, what the, what the hell the world has been blessed and is perpetually being blessed by the generosity of Christians for, for the poor, for the illiterate, even, even the, the medical ministries around the world. It, it's astonishing how much God has accomplished, how he takes what we give and he multiplies it some 10, some 20, some 100 fold. Blows, blows my mind. And the question to you last week was, and there's not going to be an ask today, um, just like there was no ask last week. It's my job to present to you the Word of God and, and the principles that we find in Scripture and to ask you to respond to God, not to me. So last week, the question is, and we kind of framed it this way, in every marriage, there's a question whether it's articulated or not. Deep down, when you first get married, the question is, will you be there for me? really. And over the course of a lifetime together, that question keeps getting answered in little bits and pieces. Um, and hopefully over the course of a lifetime together, the, at least the lifetime of one of the, the, the spouses, the question was answered, yes, and you know, because of this, 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 and this. And because the church is the bride of Christ, bridegroom and bride, do, will we be there for him really? Well, no, we're going to mess it up. He will always be there for us. But the question that God seems to ask throughout all of history is, do you trust me? Really? And I was honest last week, not that I would, the week before, completely dishonest. No, um, uh, <laughs> Honest last week in saying this kind of pie in the sky thinking, to think that, that, that we could get every Christian thinking the same way and setting the same priorities. And so it's just kind of a way, painting, or painting with that broad brush is kind of a way of saying just what if. But there's an old Southern saying, and I'll say it the way my uncle would say it, 
Um, I've lost some of my accent, and I haven't been to Georgia for a while. I get it back in about 20 minutes. It takes me two weeks to get rid of. Um, but there's an old Southern saying that says this, there ain't no sense in worrying about what you ain't got no control over, because if you ain't got no control over it, ain't no sense in worrying about it. Ain't no sense in worrying about something you got control over, because if you got control over it, ain't no sense in worrying about it. Just do something. So we can't worry about what every other Christian does. We can't worry about all of Western civilization and what the church should or should not be doing. We can bemoan it, but we don't have any control over it. What we do have control of, to some extent, is what about here? What about me? Now, next week we'll talk personally, but last week was globally. This week is locally. What could the Church of Christ, Community Reformed Church, what could God accomplish through us if, it's a big if, but if each of us gave a dime off of every dollar to something that advances the kingdom of God? So I'm going to give you some statistics. Everybody, a few of you love that. The rest of us, but they'll be up on the screen. We're going to read from a passage where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth because there's a church in Macedonia that needs some help. And Paul has been asking the church in Corinth to take up an offering so that when he arrives, that he can collect that offering and then get it to the church in Macedonia so that they can not just survive, but thrive. And there's some principles in here that, that go back to, to the Psalms, that go back to Proverbs, that even go back to the prophets. So Paul is not, not saying anything that has not been said all throughout Scripture because God's story doesn't change just like God's word doesn't change. So God has had an intent for his people broadly. I mean, all everything. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have and love your neighbors, you love yourself. But one of the ways we love our neighbor is by seeing where there's a need and through God interacting with us and through us, meeting that need. So let's pray together. We'll read this passage. I'll give you a little bit of, of, uh, uh, of analysis of it, and then we'll move into statistics, and then at the end, there's more what-ifs and dreaming. And I want you to know, I'm going to say this up front because I know I'll forget it in the middle of the message. Um, the dreaming that, that you hear, the what-if, and we could do this, we could do this, it's not been cleared with anybody. It's just the things that have come to my mind, the things that, that kind of sit on my heart. For, for example, uh, 2014, Lynn and I were in Peru with Compassion International, and we had a, um, they, they didn't want us to drink the water. And Lynn got really sick when we got home, um, because, not because of water, but because of a, a thing called Campylobacter. It was just something got into her pores. And I mean, she is sick as I've ever seen her. Um, but while we were there, they were, they were, were driving around on buses, a bunch of middle-aged, pasty white, hush puppy wearing pastors. Um, and we're going into these villages to meet these children and to see what Compassion International is doing. And there was one village we went into and they gave us three or four bottles of water and we all had it in our backpacks, but we're sitting in this little area and, um, my water bottle was next to me, and some of the kids from, and I, I'd just been playing hacky sack and frisbee with a few minutes before, um, some of the kids were coming in, and they were reaching down and grabbing the water bottles and taking off, and the people that were in charge of, of, of the village, they were, man, they got on those kids. They got on them, because it's stealing, but I'm like, don't you dare, because look at me. I mean, I was, I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I can stand to sweat a little bit, I can stand to not have this water, but we had just learned that those kids, in a week, they're going to be out of water. And if they couldn't come up with about $30,000 to bribe the government official, some of those kids, two weeks later, would be dead because they don't have enough water. 
So when I talk about water and food and that kind of thing, there's some things that I've seen that are they're just on my heart. But they're the things that are on my heart. They're not the things on the leadership's heart. But it's just a way of articulating, what if? What could God do if we said yes to a dime off of every dollar? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for who you are, for what you do for us, in us, and through us. Lord, we talked last week a bit, a bit about the, the rulers, the authorities, the principalities, and the powers in the air, the, those that, that want to make Christians ineffective. They, make, they can't steal our salvation, but they can make it so that we don't represent you well. And Lord, unbeknownst to us, sometimes we cooperate with them. So Lord, I ask that you convict us where we're cooperating with them and convict us where we're not cooperating with you. So however you do that, Lord, give us eyes to see it, ears to hear it, hearts to receive it. And Lord, I ask that you, you only tell your people what you want them to hear. And then if I have something planned to say that you don't want to say it, I don't want to say it. Convict me of it, but don't let me utter something that is not of you to your people. We pray this in the name of Jesus, through the power of your spirit, for the glory of God our Father. Amen. So Paul says to the church in Corinth, this is in his second letter, this is in chapter 9, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things and at all times, or in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteous endure forever. That's an odd quote. How does God scatter his gifts to the poor? Because there are righteous people who God protects, offers grace to, and whom he uses, motivates to scatter his gifts to the poor. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest, the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of this, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience and, and that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their hearts for, and in their hearts for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What's this indescribable gift? It is grace. It is. But Paul is sharing with us that it's not an if-then. As far as if I get, let's say I give a dime that, that I have but I don't need, or that I, I feel like I need but it's really what I want, and I give it. Is God going to, based on these promises, is he going to give me back that dime in some other way. Now, there are prosperity gospel preachers that will say, they'll use bits and pieces of this to say that if you do this, God has to do this back. That's not it. It is that too, 
But it's not like a guarantee that if I put money in, I get more money out. Or I put my card into the ATM, I get money out, but it doesn't get debited from my account. That's not how it works. But if you have been blessed by God, if the saving grace of Jesus Christ has indeed saved you and transformed, if you've been transformed by the renewal of your mind, not the removal, the renewal of your mind, Can anybody tell? One of the ways that I can tell whether I'm doing, I'm participating with God and cooperating in him with this, in, the, within, uh, in the process of sanctification in my life, one of the ways is in my checking account. It's not the only way, because if I'm bitter toward everybody, or if I give bitterly, that, but I want you to know, I'll just I'll be forthcoming, that Lynn and I last year, and this is not, don't, don't, don't think that this is 10% of what we make. It's not. Because years ago, someone challenged me to add a percent every month until I noticed. Last year, Lynn and I gave away over $26,000. Now, that, that's not a huge amount of money to some, but to others, you're like, what? But I put my money where my mouth is because at the heart of me, if you read Romans 7, and that, that the, 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 the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the evil that I don't want to do, I do do. Well, At my heart, I'm greedy, and at my heart, I'm fearful, because when my dad left my mom and then went bankrupt, we went from being millionaire's kids in East Grand Rapids, where everybody was a millionaire's kid, to, to, to nothing, not, honestly not knowing that we would have food month to month. I remember creditors calling my mother, who's my, my dad's spending up credit cards, but because their names were still tied together and their credit was still tied together, even though my dad was remarried, um, it, it went from, we don't have a worry in the world to, oh. I went to Hope College in 1984 at $5,000 a year because family was bankrupt. And I still had to work from 6 a.m. in the morning till 7.30 in the morning at the Dow Center cleaning showers just to, to, to be able to afford my meal plan. Now, I'm not, I'm not this is in the South, they call it po-mouthing. I'm not poor-mouthing. I'm not, I'm not trying to say woe is me. But when I came out of that and the idea that, that this pile of money that's sitting in an account, what if something happens? What if something happens? What if something happens? That's the mantra that's always going through my head. And so, and it used to be that if I had this amount of money in my account, I felt comfortable. But it's funny, that amount keeps growing. So there's fear and greed in me. But if, and if I live by the fear and the greed, I'm actually participating and cooperating with that principality, that power, that authority, or, or, or one, of his, uh, one of his minions that's there to make me make sure, to, to make sure that I'm not as faithful as God would have me be. And so I go, I try to be generous. I try to do it with a cheerful heart. I don't always, but I try. And so we keep adding every year, I want to outgive the last year, even if our income doesn't change. Paul is saying to his people in Corinth, if you sow, give sparingly, that's how you'll receive. And if you sow, generously, that is how you will receive. Is it finance for finance? No. But have you ever been told that you were an answer to someone's prayer? 
that someone's been praying and praying and praying, and then they're on your heart, and you, you show up, whether it be that you show up for groceries, you know, so, someone's husband's out of work, and they just had a kid, and you show up with two bags of groceries, and they're like, oh, we, were, we had no idea where our next meal was coming from. You're an answer to prayer. Have you ever been the answer to a prayer of someone else? God is saying to the church in Corinth, this other group of people in Macedonia, they've been praying. And Paul is saying, you can answer that prayer. What are the prayers of people out there that you don't even know that you could answer? You could be the answer of God to them in their prayer. So globally, we talked last week about the things that could change, about the poverty, the preventable diseases, all that we could, all that we could do as the, as the church in the West. But let's look locally. Here's some statistics. Uh, here's my sources. 2022 U.S. Census Bureau numbers for the population of Ottawa County. All the other numbers are from 2021. So Ottawa County population in July of 2022 was 300,873. Per capita income, that's, that means that every man, woman, and child. So if you take all the income that comes in, divided by every man, woman, and child, every man, woman, and child, approximately, if you divide it up that way, $35,651. Persons in poverty in Ottawa County, 7.7% of that 300,000 people. Median family income, I'm going to take you back to, um, to eighth grade math. So the mean is also known as the average. You take all the numbers, you divide it by the number of, of different entries, you get an average. That's the mean. The median, correct me if I'm wrong, my CFO, um, the median is the number by which, where, which there are the equal number of numbers above that as there are below that. So the, the middle income of Ottawa County in 2021 was $77,288 per year. There are approximately, and I'm talking about people online, I'm talking about children, infants, you got George over here, um, and, and everybody in between. They're approximately related to, to Community Reformed Church. They're approximately 2,100 people, somehow connected here. So if you took the per capita, and we're not going to go with that number because that's kind of pie in the sky, but if you took the per capita income and divided it by, it's divided by all children and adults, um, that's 35651 and you took one dime off of every dollar of that, um, that's $3,500, again, lower, uh, uh, rounding down, it, times 2,100 people, that's $7,350,000. But let's, let, let, let's be realistic. Currently, there are 607, I hate this terminology in accounting, there are 607 giving units, people that contribute. So Lynn doesn't write checks to the church, I do, um, but, but we're considered a unit, right, because we're male and female. Now, our daughter and son-in-law who are members here, they're a separate unit, but there are 607 giving units or f giving families at this church, and the median income the one that, you know, that there's an equal number below as above, there's 77,288. 10% of 7,700 per family per year would be 600, I'm always rounding down, times 7,700 would be $4,620,000 per year. That is 174 point something. I think it says 175, but I wanted to be accurate because Jim Fortney's here. 
That is 170, approximately 175% of our 2023 annual budget. So if we, if, we, if we paid for our annual budget with that money, there would be $1,971,000 left over every year to do additional ministries. What could Community Reformed Church do? How could we be the church in Corinth to the church in Macedonia? How could we be what Paul is saying, look, be cheerful about it, but sow generously so that you will reap generously. How can we take that because of God's grace? And if, if we were to think one dime off of every dollar, every person or every household, what might we be able to accomplish? We could spend $136,800 of that and sponsor the average size of a village in South America or Central America through Compassion or um, uh, uh, what's the one when we always do that marathon? What? World Vision. Thank you. Sorry. There are plenty of sponsorship programs, but the average village children, number of children in South American village, let's say Peru or Ecuador or something like that, is about 300 children. We could take $136,800, that's 300 children in Central South, uh, South American country, that's $38 per child per month. You multiply that by a year, that's a whole village that we could feed, educate, and provide, uh, provide medical needs and lead to Christ in any given year and provide water, clean water in any given year. Three, an entire, so if you bless the children, it blesses the families. I've seen it in action. If we had an additional $136,000, that's something we could do. On top of that, we could take $175,000 every year and fully fund a new church plant or site. On top of that, we could take $55,000 and plant churches, another $55,000 and plant churches in India through Mission India. And on top of that, there could be another $200,000 that, that could be made available uh, to the mission team to seek out new mission support opportunities locally, regionally, and internationally. And there would still be $1,404,200 left to fund here new ministries, improve facilities, offer benevolence aid, feed children hand-to-hand, support teachers with the supplies for all of their classroom needs every year, and make sure that the campus ministries at Grand Valley State University who are moving from the Cook DeWitt Center, they're, they're going to be building, they're going to be raising money for building, we could give additional money, and we're already generous with them. We give it additional money to make sure that that, that that Christian ministry on a secular university campus doesn't skip a beat because they're moving off-site. And that's the first year alone. One of the things that we're committed to here at this church is raising up new leaders. You've seen Corey Holtris. You'll meet Caden Blackburn. You see Bree Hodel. You see some of these young men and women that are, that are growing up. Well, okay, that's good. But they have jobs. They have some responsibilities outside of here. Could we fund, if they so desired, seminary training for them? Of course. Could we raise up more and more leaders so that, so that the church of Jesus Christ is not full of, of people who wish they could but can't? We could say, if you wish you could, and we, we concur that we believe that there's a call on God's life, we're going to help make that happen. We are going to invest in the future, not only of this church, but the future of the kingdom of God. Can you imagine the poverty that we could fight? 
7.7% of those in Ottawa County are in poverty. We already do mobile food pantry. We already do um, the micro food pantries. But what else could be done? How many people could be clothed? How many winter coats could be purchased? And we do that. You're generous people. But just like with the, with the, the, the percentage around the, West, around the United States at 2.5%, uh, $17 a week, and the great things that God is able to accomplish, what could God accomplish? He's already doing great things here. He's already, what, I'm blown away. I love this place. I love you people. I love your heart for, for those. Anytime a need comes up, it's going to be met. I love it. But how much more? How many more people could hear that the, the, that the blood of Christ has been spilled for them and they get to be redeemed, their eternal address changes because we say we love you and the reason we love you is because of Jesus. Because right now you look around the world, you look around our culture and what is the, what is the mood of people toward Christians? I heard a reporter say a couple of weeks ago that Christians in the United States are like the Taliban in Afghanistan. That is a, ouch. And every time we're criticized for what we're not doing or how we're not being, they use the biblical methods to criticize us. They're not always wrong, but they're not always right. God, you're still, you and I are still the supernatural vehicle that God has chosen to use to communicate the kingdom of God, the love of God, the redemption of God, the sacrifice of God, and the desire of God for all to be saved, we are the supernatural vehicle that, that he chooses to use to communicate that to Ottawa County. Not just us, but us. Imagine what God could do if we were going to trust him with a little bit more every month. And look, this is if, again, pie in the sky if that dime off of every dollar came to Community Reformed Church. But let's just imagine, let's just do the what-ifs for a minute. Imagine the sex trafficking, that could, sex trafficking that could be stopped. West Michigan is not immune to that. The mission trips that we could fund, the people we could help, and the glory to our God we could offer with that additional $1.25 million a year. And I can promise you this because Scripture promises it and we'll talk a little bit about it next week. I can promise you that if you trust God with the whole tenth, that you will not be harmed in any way. He says it. You might be mildly inconvenienced. I know I am. Because there are lures that I want to buy that I'll never fish with. There are rods that I want to build and I don't have reels for. There are new electronics that I want on my boat. And then in a couple of years, I want a faster boat, a bigger boat. You know how that goes. There are more putters that you could buy. There are more drivers that you could try out. There are more lessons that you could take so you can learn DeChambeau's swing. There are all kinds of things. Whatever your thing is, there are more things that you could do. You might be mildly inconvenienced, but you will not be harmed because God promises that if you trust me with the whole tenth, See if I don't open up the storehouses, if I, don't, if, I don't, if I don't bless your harvest. And yes, grain and corn and all, barley, all those things were the currency of their day. But the currency of our day is that I exchange, if, if, if I were to do something for Chris and he were to give me a dollar, that says that I have served my fellow man 
and it's worth this amount of a certificate so that I can say to other people, I am a man of goodwill and I've served my fellow man. That's what currency is and that's what grain and the harvest was before. Look, if you're feeling guilty, then God is poking you, not me. I can tell you that if you take all of the, all of the staff and all of the consistory, and I'm going to round it down a little bit, and you average it, so that's not the median, that's the mean, the average staff and, and consistory donation to this church is just over $8,000 a year. That's more than the $7,700 we're talking about as that, that, that median income divided by 10, or yeah, multiplied by 0. 0.10. Imagine. So, the same question to you today as last week. If you hear this and you go, yes, then say yes to God. Ask him where. It might be here. It might be world vision. It might be compassion. It might be hand to hand. It might be his harvest stand. It might be, it might, there's all kinds of things it could be. But what if you said yes? And if it, if it gives you, uh, there's a Scandinavian word, agita. If it gives you agita, like it makes you a little, then add a percent a month until you notice and then go a little bit further because it will give you an assurance that in that area of your life, you're trusting God really, really. And if that is not a concern to you, whether, whether you're trusting God in this area of your life, remember what Jesus says, you cannot love God and money. You cannot serve both mammon and God. You can't do it. It is not possible. And I promise you that the, the principalities, the power, the ruler, the authority of our area wants to make sure that you go, it's my money. I do enough. I give my time. It's not what scripture says. It's just not. And I would be a liar and a fraud of a pastor if I told you if you're giving your time, you're all good. It doesn't have to be here. But how are your resources, the dimes off of every dollar, how is that being used to further the kingdom of God? To spread the grace of God? To call people to the mercy of God? How is it being used to care for someone else in the name of Jesus? If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. Not my words. The words of the God of the universe that have flowed through the Old, the New Testament. From Jesus to Paul to Trent. This is the word of the Lord. And I pray you do something with it. But that's between you and God, not you and me. I don't want your money. It's not your money. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you for who you are. And we thank you for blessing us, for sharing with us more than we deserve. Lord, I pray that you give us courage, each one of us, to say yes, Lord in the area of mercy, in the area of compassion, in the area of 
service, and the area of finance. We trust that you will convict each one of us if we need conviction. And you will say, well done, good and faithful servant to any of us who need to hear that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.